Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. We're talking about a um, another interesting topic this week, discontentment. And uh, yeah, I just want to jump right in here with you guys. I decided this week to talk about discontentment, uh, not because we're close to Christmas and not because I'm trying to say people shouldn't want things on Christmas, that's not my message here, but we're getting close to the end of the year. And I know at the end of the year, it tends to be a time when a lot of people start to take stock of their life and think about what they want to do differently, maybe in the next year. Um, And some people call these New Year's resolutions. Um, But, you know, we can do this any time of the year, which is why I don't really do New Year's resolutions. I prefer to, um, you know, make my resolutions about what it is that I want to do when I think of them versus waiting until the end of the year to do it. But I know a lot of people at the end of the year, take this time of the year to look back at what they've done this year um, and look forward to the next year and what they want to do differently that they didn't do this year or that they did, but maybe they didn't get the results that they want. So discontentment is a big topic that comes up when we think about the things that we want to do differently in our lives how we want to grow, how we want to expand, how we want to try something different in our lives. So today, I want to talk about discontentment with you all. I want to talk about what discontentment is, the reasons why we feel it, the reasons why people tend to see it as being a bad thing, and then I want to talk about the reasons why actually discontentment is something that we want to learn to lean into and use as a tool And then at the end, I want to talk just a bit about some last words, some words of caution for you all when facing discontentment and leave you all with something different that you can do the next time you notice discontentment in your life. So diving right in, discontentment. Um, We're going to start off with the definition. The definition is the state of feeling uh, dissatisfied with one's circumstances. And then I want to define two words within that definition. So I'm sorry. Going back to that definition, it is the state of feeling dissatisfied with one's circumstances or their um, expectations of the circumstances. So the words, I wanted to also uh, define the words dissatisfied and expectations there. So dissatisfied is expressing or showing a lack of fulfillment in one's wishes, expectations, or needs. 
So expressing or showing a lack of fulfillment in one's wishes, expectations, or needs. And then expectations are a strong belief that something will happen. Okay? So basically discontentment is a feeling of dissatisfaction with where a person currently is in their life or their circumstances. All right? So... Let's jump into some reasons why we feel discontent in our lives. Um, So some reasons why we feel discontent in our lives. Number one would be because we've become stagnant in our lives. Many times in life because of contrasting drives within us, uh, both to grow and also the biological drive to seek comfort, many people choose to lean into the desire for constant comfort and go after false desires, and in the end, they end up in this place of stagnation and complacency in life. And that's where discontent kind of comes in and taps you on the shoulder. And it's, I want to I want to say, it's not that choosing not to grow for periods of time in your life is a bad thing. I don't want you all to think that I'm saying that or that you need to believe that. It is a valid choice for people to make the decision to have seasons in their life in which they choose to focus on gratitude and where they are in life and not try to change anything. This is a valid choice to choose times in your life in which you might do this. But there's a big difference in this choice in taking a period of time to choose to do this versus defaulting to doing this out of fear of taking action of to, to grow and then choosing to indulge in that and staying stuck in that indulgence and that fear and repeating cycles of self-rejection in this attempt to kind of buffer away the discomfort of the call to grow and evolve, but you don't want to face the fear. So there's a big difference between choosing a season of your life in which you actually feel the desire to grow, but you say, you know what, for, for the next, I don't know, year, six months, even maybe just one month, um, I'm going to choose to just be in my life as it is right now and see all of the things that I can be grateful for before I move into this next step. There's a difference between choosing that and defaulting to that because you're afraid to take the next step. So I want to be clear that I'm not talking about defaulting into inaction because you're afraid to grow. I'm talking about when it's it's a perfectly valid decision to choose to not grow for a period of time because you want to focus on gratitude for a period of time. But I also want to caution you that at one point in time, that period will end because you will want to step back into growth because discontentment is going to keep tapping you on the shoulder and reminding you. And we'll talk a bit later of what it's there to remind you of. But yes, that is one reason why we feel discontent is because we become stagnant in our life. Another reason we feel discontentment is because we no longer allow ourselves to see and go after our dreams in life. And again, this is a lot of times because of fear of what might possibly happen if we go after the dreams. And for a lot of people, I think we believe that if we're not dreaming, that it means that we would feel content. But for most most of the time, this isn't the case. And this is because the dreams we are designed to go after don't just disappear. And a lot of times we're we're afraid to go after those dreams, so we resist those dreams and try and shove them into this like back corner of our life and hope that we'll just forget about it. And so this is what I mean when I say we're we're trying to keep ourselves from dreaming. I'm not talking about like literally we don't have any dreams, I because that's never the case in life. We always have dreams. But I'm talking about when we purposefully shove those dreams to the background and choose to ignore them because of fear of going after them. And this is when discontentment will kind of come in as this reminder 
um, and kind of tap you on the shoulder that and say, hey, yeah, things might be quote unquote good for you right now, but you're designed to keep evolving and growing and expanding in your dreams and you're not doing that. So that's another reason why we've, we might feel discontentment. So another reason why we might feel discontentment, and this might sound strange, is because we're not actively practicing one of its opposite emotions, which is gratitude. We can be going after our dreams and not feeling a lot of discontent because we're constantly chasing our dreams. But at the same time, feeling unfulfilled in our life and feeling stressed and feeling maybe overwhelmed, and then discontentment will come in as a reminder to us that we're not allowing ourselves while we are growing to feel also grateful for what we have in our life. And I want to be very clear about that. When we're growing, it does not mean that we're not also grateful. And I think a lot of people are very confused by this. They think that if you're experiencing discontentment, you're also not experiencing gratitude. But there's this thing called emotional duality, and we're going to talk about that um, a little bit later. But for now, let's move on to the next reason why we feel discontentment. So another big reason why I see people feeling discontentment and not in a healthy way is because they're really busy constantly comparing their life to other people. Now, I want to be clear about something before I describe this and explain this to you all. Discontentment doesn't mean that you are comparing your life to other people, okay? Comparing our lives to other people is a way that we can create a discontentment within us that is not a healthy discontentment. There is a discontentment that that pushes us to want to move into our authentic path of growth in life. And then there's a discontentment that we create when we're comparing our lives to other people and thinking we should be like them. And that our life isn't like theirs, so therefore we're discontent. So this is a huge source of unhealthy discontentment, is that when we experience discontentment because we're comparing our lives to someone else's, and we believe that we're not allowed to be content with our life until our life is like theirs. A lot of people, this might happen with seeing someone with a different career or making more money than them, seeing someone in a relationship that they're not in, and they think, oh, well, until I have that relationship, I'm not allowed to be content with my life, or until I make this amount of money and have a house like that, I'm not allowed to be content with my life. And this is where discontentment becomes unhealthy, because it's no longer about being on our authentic path or your authentic path of growth towards what you're designed to go after. It's about chasing after um, a, a comparison and a, a condition that you're putting on your worth and your value in life unless you achieve this thing that this other person has. So it's this type of discontentment is when you're actually putting conditions on your worth in life. So these are some reasons why we experience discontentment in our life. And it's not an exhaustive list. There are other reasons why, but those are the ones we're going we're gonna to talk about today. So next I want to talk about why is it that so many people, when they talk about discontentment or when they feel discontentment, they see it as being a bad thing. Okay, so let, let's talk about some reasons why. The, the re- a lot of the reasons why I see in my clients that they view discontentment as being a bad thing or that I hear people talking about in the world. So number one reason is because it feels uncomfortable for us. Discontent is one of those emotions that we tend to be taught to label as bad or uncomfortable. And I would say that there are no bad or uncomfortable emotions. We're just kind of taught to see them that way and therefore when we feel them, because we have thoughts that that's a bad feeling or an uncomfortable feeling, we think that's what it is. 
So some of them may feel uncomfortable to us because of what we've been taught to believe about them. And because of this, remember our brain has this biological desire or drive to constantly seek comfort and certainty because it thinks that that keeps us safe and alive. And that's what your brain is designed to do. And if we don't use our brain as a tool for us, it will use us as a tool for it. So again, this goes back to leaning into discomfort. But yes, a lot of people view discontentment because they label this emotion as being a bad or an uncomfortable emotion. And therefore, they might have thoughts about it like, maybe we shouldn't be experiencing it, or it's an emotion that we need to get rid of or resist. So this is one reason why a lot of people see this as being an emotion that's bad or to, to get rid of. So another reason why is that a lot of people believe that feeling discontent means that you also are ungrateful. And what I want to say is this is only true if you believe that we as humans are only capable of feeling one emotion at a time. And what I want to say is that the human emotion or the human experience is about contrast. We experience emotions because of contrast and emotional duality. And again, we're going to talk about this a bit later in the episode, but I want to put that out there. Feeling discontentment does not mean that you also are ungrateful or that you're not experiencing gratitude, okay? It doesn't have to mean that. So another reason why people may think that discontentment is a bad thing is that they think it means that they are greedy or that someone experiencing discontentment is greedy. I know personally for me, I grew up in a Christian home, and in church we were taught to not want too many things in life. We were taught that we should always feel grateful and that complaining about things in life or feeling discontent or desiring more things or change in life is a sign that we're not being grateful about quote-unquote what the Lord or what God gave us. And sometimes the church even takes it a step further and claims that we may be even being greedy when we experience discontent and express it. And that if we're wanting to do something different with our life, that this is due to the fact that we're being greedy. Some people even outside of the Christian faith who practice other faiths may have similar views about this, this feeling of discontent. There is this belief that in order to feel discontent, that you cannot also feel grateful for things in your life at the same time. That wanting to change and changing things in your life means that you're greedy and ungrateful. And that if you want something more in life, it means that there will be less for other people and that therefore this is a sign of greed. But you see, in order to be greedy then this means that we have to live in this this model of the world of scarcity. The needs need to be limited, and that in order to fulfill them, it has to come at someone else's expense. So if you believe in that model of the world instead of a model of abundance, then you will also believe that if you go after what you want, then it means that you will have to be better than someone else, and therefore take more of something else that will leave less of it for someone else. And what I want to say is this doesn't, this doesn't ring true when we live from a model of abundance. That if we go after our value in life, if we go after what we're worth in life, that we create more of that in life, not less of it for other people. Okay, so another reason why people may see discontentment as being something bad is that they believe that it means that they will never be happy in life. Some people believe that when we feel discontent, that it means that we will never experience happiness in life. And what I want to say is that 
this is not true, obviously. So happiness is this outward expression of emotions like joy or, um, uh, you know, the outward expression of, of pleasure or um, satisfaction in life. And discontent and contentment is a feeling that we feel on the inside. It's not necessarily an outward expression. And what I want to say is that it's very possible for a person to be happy, to feel happy and express happiness outwardly, while at the same time feeling discontent on the inside. And this doesn't mean that the happiness is fake, or that somehow the discontent diminishes the happiness. Remember emotional duality. We're going to talk more about that later. So happiness and discontentment are not mutually exclusive terms. It's not like if you're experiencing happiness that you can't also experience discontentment, and that if you're experiencing discontentment, that doesn't mean that you can be happy in life. We can be happy in life. We can be experiencing and expressing happiness in life while also noticing discontent inwardly, all right? And it doesn't diminish the happiness. All right, so another reason why people may see that, that discontentment is a bad thing is that they believe that it means we have to judge what we have done up until that point as not being right or not being good enough. And this is because if you have this belief, you may also believe that our solutions or actions must be perfect when we do something and that therefore afterwards, there's no chance that we would ever feel discontentment. That once we take an action, we're completely satisfied with it. There's no room for growth. There's no room for improvement. There's no room for wanting more. It's just that when we do something, we do it perfectly, and that's the end of the story. We Then after that, we have to feel content, because if we don't feel content, that means we're, we have to judge ourselves as not having done it right, and we want to not experience that judgment. Um, so this is another reason why people may fear feeling discontentment is because they believe that it means that they have to judge their past actions. And what I want to say is this is not how growth works. Growth works by us doing things, getting a result, and then learning how we might want to do them differently in the future. And that doesn't mean that we can't be happy with our result. It doesn't mean that we have to judge our past actions. Discontentment is a sign about what we will do differently in the future. It is not about judging our past. I want to be clear about that, okay? We do not use discontentment as a way to judge our past actions and what we've done up until this point. We use discontentment as a sign that we have learned something now that is showing us that we want to do differently in the future. That is what discontentment is there for. Okay, so... Let's talk about this emotional duality that I talked about a little bit when I was explaining these things, because this is important before we move on. So emotional duality is a huge part of the human experience, as well as contrast. And I've mentioned this several times in the list of reasons why a lot of people seem to see discontentment as being this thing that's bad or that we need to get over or get rid of. But here's what emotional duality is. It speaks to two different things here. First of all, that we as humans do not just experience one emotion at a time. Just like we have many thoughts at one time, if you really tune into your brain, you'll notice there are a lot of thoughts going on all at once. We also experience many emotions at the same time. That is how the human experience works. We don't just experience one emotion at a time. And I know we live in a society that teaches us to be emotionally constipated and emotionally ignorant. And so we're very not used to tuning into our emotions and paying attention to them and how important they are. 
and understanding what they're there to show us. And so therefore, our emotional experience, it, we're very unevolved in understanding and truly experiencing the depth and richness of our emotional experience. We see it as being very one-dimensional and flat, but it's not. You can ignore it all you want, but that's not the truth of what you're experiencing. And when you learn to lean into it, you'll start to notice when you're experiencing emotions, you're actually experiencing so many of them all at once. And they're all there to show you something. But the other part to this, the second thing that emotional duality speaks to is that we don't just experience different emotions, but that we experience life through contrast of many things, including our emotions. And what I mean by that is experiencing what appear to be opposing emotions, but actually they work together. But at first glance, it may appear like they oppose each other. So we experience emotions and recognize them not only at the same time as different emotions, but we also experience them at the same time as opposing emotions. We experience them and recognize them because we are experiencing different and opposing emotions at the same time. And that might feel a little bit confusing for you. So let me give you some examples here to explain. Okay, so if you were to take a hand and run it, un- run it under either really hot or really cold water, and if you didn't know which one it was, say someone went into your bathroom, turned on the faucet on either really hot or really cold, didn't let you look at the faucet, you were blindfolded, and just gave you a second to stick your hand underneath the water, the sensation would feel the same to your hand at first. And at first, you would probably recoil and pull your hand away immediately due to reflex. But if the water is not too extremely hot or too extremely cold, and we put our hand under it long enough because we're we're not recoiling in reflex, if we leave it there for just a few seconds, the body will start to register if the water is warm or cold. And the body is able to do so because of the contrast of hot and cold. Remember, cold is not... It is actually just the absence of heat. And heat is just molecules within a substance moving faster or slower, okay? So there is the presence of heat and cold is the the lack of the presence of heat. So if you hold your hand under the water long enough, the body will begin to recognize the contrast of the temperature of the water running over your hand versus the temperature of the air around your arm that's not having the water run over it versus the temperature of your skin where the water is running over. And what what's amazing is that at first the extreme temperature your body can't tell whether the molecules are moving faster or slower than the air around it or than your skin. So your skin just recognizes at first this rapid transfer of heat energy. So the molecules either speeding up or slowing down in your skin. And at first, your skin just detects this as being dangerous and uncomfortable. Because here's the thing. Freezing cold water is also dangerous to us because it can cause us to go into hypothermia. So the brain knows to recognize the danger of extreme difference in temperature of things coming in contact with our skin. It sees it as a threat to our survival and our safety. Okay? So at first, your skin can't detect if it's hot water or cold water. It takes a moment for your body to recognize the contrasting temperatures of your body to the water and the air around it before it can recognize, oh, this is warm water, or oh, this is cold water. Another example of this would be light and dark. If a room is pitch black, you don't see anything in it because there is no contrast of light and dark. 
Dark is just what it is. If it's all you ever see, you actually don't even know that it's dark because you don't know what light is. And so therefore, it just is. It's only when we see light that we recognize dark as being dark. And it's only when we have light present and light and dark is present and the the contrast of the two that we're also able to start seeing objects in the space around us because of this contrasting of light and it creating shadows for us to be able to see the dimensions of objects. So the human body is designed to experience life through contrast in so many different ways. And these are just two of them, but they're really big ones, easy ones to recognize. And what I want to say is that when it comes to our emotions, it's no different. We recognize emotions due to the contrast in our emotions. If all we ever experienced were what we call quote-unquote negative emotions, we wouldn't even call them negative because they are only the emotions that we experience and they are the only emotions that we experience. So they would just be our emotions. We only call them negative because we are experiencing their contrast and labeling those as positive. And again, how we label them, that's up for debate. It's debatable. It's it, Whether or not one is negative, one is positive, that is debatable. It's not actually true that some emotions are negative and some are positive. It's all how you choose to look at them and what how you've been taught, programmed to view those emotional experiences. But what is important to recognize here is that we experience emotions and we recognize them because we are feeling their contrasting emotions. And when it comes to discontent, We would only recognize it as discontent if we're also experiencing emotions like gratitude and contentment. If all we ever experienced was discontent, we would not even recognize it as discontent. Do you see what I'm saying here? So when you are experiencing discontent, it is not because you're not experiencing gratitude or contentment. Actually, you wouldn't recognize discontentment in your life unless you were also experiencing gratitude and contentment. And we're going to talk about how to use that to our advantage a bit later. So why is this important to recognize? The reason it's important to recognize is because most people fear and avoid discontentment. And they do this because of judgment that it means that they're not grateful that they're not happy, and that they're somehow a bad or greedy person for experiencing it because they should, quote-unquote, be experiencing something else. And that, that something else is usually something like gratitude. But here's the thing. You would not recognize the experience of gratitude without knowing the experience of discontent. Without experiencing discontent, gratitude would not be recognized as gratitude. So it is not that we should not be discontent and that we should be grateful. It is that we can be grateful because we also experience discontentment. And they're not mutually exclusive terms. They actually work together for us to be able to experience life with gratitude and the excited energy to grow and evolve. So with that being said, There are some reasons why discontentment is something that we want to learn to embrace in life as as the human species. All right, number one is, again, emotional duality. When we embrace discontentment, we embrace the presence of all emotions that we experience that make discontentment possible, including emotions like gratitude. When we resist discontentment, we are also resisting emotions like gratitude, joy, appreciation, and contentment. Yes, you heard me right. When we resist 
discontentment, we also resist gratitude, joy, appreciation, and contentment. Don't let the illusion of your emotional simplicity, of your emotional constipation, delude you into thinking that resisting discontentment will make you feel more gratitude and joy. It's the opposite. By leaning into discontentment, we lean into understanding ourselves deeper and understanding our emotional duality deeper and allowing ourselves to experience the richness of gratitude and enoughness while at the same time experiencing this excitement that drives us to grow into more that we are designed to grow into in this life. Remember, this life is not the end goal. Remember that. We are simply here to grow and learn through this experience. So lean into it in every way and take in everything that you can learn from it, including this concept of emotional duality. If you are experiencing discontentment in life, lean into it. It's there to show you something important and it's there to help you experience gratitude, not to keep you from it. Okay? So another reason why discontentment is important is because it's an indicator that we recognize more potential within ourselves that we might not be fulfilling. When we recognize discontentment, we stop lying to ourselves about what we're worthy and capable of. We stop selling ourselves short in life out of fear of the discomfort of growth or the discomfort of possibly facing judgment if we grow and evolve. By resisting discontentment, we resist that desire in our lives to keep seeking more of what we're here to seek and grow in. To keep finding the ways that we are here in life to grow and learn. And instead, we choose stagnation and we choose complacency. And when we lean into discontentment, we lean into the fact that this is a journey. Life is a journey. It's not an end goal. And we're designed for that journey. We're designed to continually evolve. And because we're designed to face this discontentment as we evolve, to push us into that involvement, we also are designed to enjoy that journey of evolving, of experiencing gratitude as we evolve and as we see the things that we're creating in life. And we get to do this when we lean into, when we lean into discontentment versus resisting it and looking away from our discontentment to immediately gratify and to escape life and to escape the journey that we're evolved or designed to evolve and grow into in order to be comfortable now and avoid what we think is discomfort. But my friends, you're not even avoiding discomfort because the, the discontentment is always there in the background reminding you. And you'll need more and more of the buffers, more and more of the numbing devices, things like your phone, your television, alcohol, food, whatever it is that you're using, manicures, pedicures, massages, vacations, whatever it is that you are using to buffer away the discontentment in your life, you will always need more and more of it until you answer and lean into the call of discontentment, okay? So another reason why discontentment is something positive to lean into is that it is a spotlight on the areas of our life in which we may be trying to hide emotional wounding and growth potential from ourselves. Many times we fear growth because in order to grow, our emotional wounding will come to the surface. And what I mean by that is our limiting beliefs will be brought into the life, into the light. The places where we 
taught ourselves to believe things about the conditions of our worthiness, about how we need other people to validate us. Those wounds will come to the surface, and many of us seek to lean into contentment, to resist discontentment, so that we can sweep those wounds under the rug and hopefully escape this life without the discomfort of pulling them to the surface, looking at them, and healing them. But my friends, you are designed to be here and heal those wounds. You're not, you're not avoiding discomfort by doing that. You are here to learn from those wounds and heal them. And by resisting discontentment in favor of immediate gratification, comfort, and pleasure, and this desire for what we believe is constant contentment, what you are doing is resisting the very thing that you came to this life to do. And that doesn't disappear. And that thing that you came here to do was to grow and to learn and to heal and to be in this human experience, be in this journey called life. And discontentment is the spotlight that reminds you, hey, hey, when you were born, you started forgetting about your worth. You started forgetting about who you are. And when you did that, you created wounds within yourself. And you now have the opportunity to bring those wounds to the surface and remember who you are and heal them. Discontentment reminds us to not be complacent about that healing and to seek the growth and be in this journey of growth in life and to stop seeking that immediate gratification of false desires and, and constant comfort to avoid the growth that we're here to do. Okay, so another reason why discontentment is something that we want to lean into, something we want to learn to embrace, is that it is an indicator of when we may be hiding parts of ourselves that we fear judgment of. And this goes back to the previous point. And it's there to point out the, the areas in our lives where we may be trying to keep ourselves small because we think if we stay small that we reduce the potential of being judged. My friends, discontentment reminds us of the ways in which we might be hiding ourselves from the world due to that internal wounding that you're avoiding healing. And we're, we think that by doing this, we're avoiding the judgments we have of ourselves. Because you see, the thing is, we hide from the world to avoid the reminders of our own judgments. And yes, you heard that clearly. They are our own judgments of ourselves. What you think you're hiding from is the judgment of the world. But the only judgment you can feel is your own. So while people around you may say things or do things that remind you of your own judgments of yourself, their judgment is not the judgment that you feel. It is your own. If someone says something and you feel judged, it's not because of what they said. It's because you believe it's true about you. Or at least a part of you believes that it might be true about you and that your worth is therefore conditional until you can prove that this is not true about you. Instead of knowing it's not true about you. If it feels like judgment, it's because you are judging yourself there, my friends. And that's a topic for another episode. But anyways, discontentment will keep you from playing small. It will keep you from hiding quietly in the background, trying to hide from the world as much as you can to avoid being reminded of your own judgments of yourself. 
being reminded of all of those beliefs that you created about yourself when you were little that, that, that caused you to forget who you are and caused you to forget how unconditionally worthy and valuable you are in this world and that you are here to create and grow and learn and recognize, remember who you are. And to let that be known and seen so that others will be reminded to remember who they are. Discontentment reminds us to stand tall, to step out, to keep expanding into the world around us with that amazingness of who we actually are when we strip away the judgments, when we strip away the conditions. Discontentment is that nudge that reminds us that playing small is not what we are designed for. It's not what we are here for. It's there to remind you that living in fear of judgment is not what you were designed for. Another way discontentment serves us is that it can be an indicator of the areas of our life that we've let slip down in our list of priorities, but that are actually very important to us. Discontentment can be a reminder of the things that we value in life and that we find so important, that, but that maybe we've allowed to slip down the priority list as we've let ourselves get distracted with false desires, with comparing to what other people find important, as we get distracted with pleasures and instant gratification. Or maybe those things that were important to us that we rejected and purposefully shoved into a back corner out of fear as we searched for external validation of our worth instead of knowing our worth. As we started going after passions and labels and containers in life instead of staying the course of our purpose and our true values in life. Discontentment is there to remind you of where you've let that happen. Discontentment taps us on the shoulder, reminds us where we've stepped off of the path of aligning with our purpose and where we have allowed ourselves to pursue comparison, to pursue pleasure, to pursue external validation that distracts us from who we actually are and knowing that and what we are here to create more of in this life. Another way that discontentment, discontentment helps us is that it is a signal that lets us know that we have boxed, our, boxed ourselves in or attached our worth or our identity to some passion, to some label, to some container or some thing in this life. And discontentment wants us to remember our true purpose here in life and to seek to continue to grow in it and evolve in it. And to do so even if it means leaving the comfortable, safe feeling space of a container that does not fit where our purpose is calling for us to go. You see, I see so many people in this life feeling the pull of discontentment and choosing to ignore it and resist it by trying to use gratitude as a weapon against it or contentment as a weapon against it. And for most of these people, when I talk to them or when I really listen to what they're saying, what I find is that what they're really doing is that they have attached themselves, their worth, they've attached their identity to a container that they're either afraid to leave the container because of what it might mean about them as a person, or they're afraid to go after their purpose because it might mean shaking things up in that comfortable container, expanding the boundaries of it, and that some of the people within that container might not like it and might leave because they fear growing with it too. And my friends, when I'm talking about a container, I'm talking about so many different things. It could be a city that you live in. 
It could be a relationship that you are in, whether that be romantic, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a business relationship. It could be a job that you are in. It could be the school that you are in, the course of study that you are taking within that school, a project that you're working on, a church that you go to, a religion that you've attached yourself to. The rigidity of a religion that you've attached yourself to and that you followed for some time now. It doesn't matter what the container is. Inevitably in our lives, if we have attached ourselves to a container, attached our value to a container, discontentment will come in to remind us, you have a purpose. You have a purpose that is much bigger than this container. And right now you're playing it small so that you can fit within these rigid boundaries of this container. And purpose is here to call you forward to expand the boundaries of that container. Or if that if the boundaries of that container aren't expandable, say within a religion that has really rigid beliefs, then it's calling for you to leave that container and to fill in fully the container of your purpose that you were designed to fill. And oftentimes, people fear leaving a container for fear of what it might mean. What it might mean about them and their worth. Especially when this container is a religion or a relationship. Because people are afraid if they leave the relationship that somehow it means that they failed the relationship. That the relationship wasn't real. That the love that they felt in the relationship wasn't real. That they're not capable of a loving relationship. And my friends, this is bullshit. It's not true. Sometimes relationships complete themselves. They were meant to do so the moment you entered into it. And when I say complete themselves, it means you two were designed to push each other to a certain point of involvement and then go in different directions. And that doesn't mean you love them less or that they love you less or that you're less worthy of love or they are less worthy of love. It means the relationship served its purpose and you are designed to move out of that container and into your purpose-lined path again. Okay? Other times people are afraid to push the boundaries of a container and expand it because of some of the people that might be existing within that container. I see this happen a lot of times with families where people are afraid to push the boundaries for fear of what the other people within that container of that family might think about them. If they try and make the boundary a little bit more flexible over here or expand it over here to include something else that other people within the container might not like. And that this means that some of those people might choose to leave out of fear. And that the person wanting to expand the container believes that if a person leaves out of fear, it's because there's something wrong with them. With either the person that left or with them that, that stays within the container. And this is not true. This is not the truth of how our journey in life works. Sometimes the container needs to expand and sometimes people will choose to leave that container because it no longer fits their life purpose. Let them be them. Let them be in their human experience and chase their purpose as they were designed to and you continue on your path to yours and you love each other as you go in different directions. Going in different directions does not mean you reject each other or love each other less. It means you love each other more because you are seeing the other person has a different path than you, has a different purpose than you, and that that purpose is just as worthy as yours. And you allow them with love to go and chase that purpose without your judgment. The truth is that I see so many people staying in containers, attaching their identity to containers, to titles, to labels, to passions in life. And it's all because they fear the uncertainty of leaving it or expanding the boundaries of it. And discontentment is there as a reminder that you may have attached your worth and your identity to a passion, to a container, 
to a label. And it is there to remind you that you are designed to be fulfilled by filling full your purpose, not this small container that you've attached to. And this signal of discontentment allows for people to see where they might have done this. And if you lean into that discontentment instead of trying to use gratitude as a way to resist and and fight it away or buffer it away with immediate gratifications or numbing out with, with food or alcohol or drugs or television or porn or whatever it is, when you lean into discontentment, discontentment is a signal that you are here for a purpose and that you are not here to attach to any container, label, or passion in this life. You are here to grow and expand and to continue to do so until the day, the moment that you draw your last breath. So we've talked about discontentment, but what is content? What is content? What do I see a lot of people thinking that content has to mean? And how does this cause our relationship with discontent to be dysfunctional? The definition of content is feeling or showing satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or circumstances. And for a lot of people, they think that that means, okay, so in order for me to feel content, obviously I can't feel discontent because discontent means that I have to feel unsatisfied with my possessions, my status, or my circumstances. Yes and no. What most people think content is, is that it has to be this sense of perfect satisfaction that everything in life is good and that there's no more room for improvement, nothing to do any differently. We just stop here. And this is how contentment becomes destructive, is when we believe that discontentment and contentment are opposing forces that battle against each other. But this is not true. Remember emotional duality. Remember that we are here to experience life through contrast. And when we try to use contentment as a weapon against discontentment, when we try to use it as a way to resist the feeling of discontent, contentment becomes destructive. And vice versa, when we use discontent as a way to battle away contentment, it also becomes destructive. Because the thing is, we are designed to experience both. I am not discontent or content. I am discontent and content. I am, and you know what, not even and, I am discontent because I am content. I am content because I am discontent. They are not mutually exclusive, my friend. Most people believe that in order to experience contentment, that it means we have to rid ourselves of discontentment. And this is where contentment becomes destructive. I can be satisfied with where I am in this life and the circumstances that I'm in. I can feel grateful for every part of it and everything that I have done to get me to this point and feel so fulfilled and rich where I am in life, and at the same time feel that pull, that aching of of purpose and of discontentment, reminding me, yes, this is beautiful, this is wonderful. Stay on your path, Seth. Don't get complacent. Don't become stagnant. Don't sell yourself short and seek the immediate comfort of staying where you are to avoid your path in life. Stay your course of purpose. You are designed to be in this life, to grow and to expand for as long as you are in this life. And discontentment is here to remind me of that. It is not in contrast to contentment. Contentment is that feeling of saying, yes, I have done so much. I have grown so much. 
I have worked so hard. I have shown up in this life as the badass that I am. And look what I've been able to do with this life and create. It is wonderful and beautiful. And what's so wonderful and beautiful about it is that I still have more time on this planet and I am designed to do more. This is how these work together. This is how we use contentment in a way that serves us. Neither discontent or content is bad. Neither is actually good. They're both necessary for us to experience, to stay on the path of the journey of life that we are designed to be in as humans. It is both are designed for us to, and necessary for us to experience, for us to be in that path of growth, while at the same time feeling fully grateful for every single moment along the way of that journey. It's not about getting to the end. It's about being in every moment of that journey and feeling gratitude for every moment of that journey as we journey towards, towards the purpose, towards creating more of that purpose. It's not that we focus on the now and we stay now or we focus on the end goal and we it's not either or. Contentment and discontentment are both necessary in our lives because they remind us that we are not here for either or. We are here for both. And we get ourselves in trouble when we resist one or the other. When we resist contentment for the sake of discontentment, when we resist discontentment for the sake of contentment, we forget what our journey as a human is, is designed to be, which is contrast. We live in this world that teaches us about resisting emotions and finding the positive emotion, that that's the one we're supposed to experience. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be content. We're supposed to be joyous. We're supposed to be grateful. And in order to do so, we need to not feel these emotions over here of discontent, of sadness, of anger, of, of wanting more. The society that we live in does not prepare us to recognize that we are designed to experience many emotions at once, that we are designed to experience contrasting emotions at once, and that is what our experience is about. It is about the growth and the gratitude. It is about experiencing gratitude because of growth. It is about experiencing growth because of gratitude. Our society teaches us to look at it that we are these one-dimensional emotionally constipated, emotionally ignorant beings that our job in life is to find the emotions that are good and resist the ones that are bad. We live in a society that teaches us to numb the richness of our emotional complexity because it's bad. It's not good for us. Instead of leaning into it and recognizing that we are designed to experience that emotional richness, that emotional complexity with so much depth, and that every emotion is there to remind us of who we are and how we've chosen to forget that in this life. We live in a time where emotional ignorance and emotional constipation are the state of most people's emotional health. And that's sad to me. This means that most people use contentment as a weapon against discontentment. They use gratitude as a reason to combat discontentment. Instead of seeing that they work together to help us in this journey of being a human, to remember who we are and to remember to let go of the judgments and the conditions that we put on our worthiness. That is what discontentment is here to remind us of. I have some closing thoughts for you that I want to share about discontentment. 
and the way that most of our social norms push us towards this very dysfunctional relationship with it. So there are some things that I want you to look for in your own life and to be cautious about. When you feel discontent and you strive to grow and expand in your life, but you believe that in order to grow, that you have to be disgusted with things in your life and judge everything as bad, you suffer. Because this is not the truth. Discontentment does not mean that you are disgusted or ungrateful for your life just as it is in this moment. Discontentment is here to remind you, this is amazing what you've done. This is amazing what you've done. And can you not see that because you've done this, your potential is limitless as long as you are alive. And you are designed to be here to remind yourself and everyone around you by staying in this path of growth and purpose to not become stagnant and complacent in this life. Discontentment is there to remind you to stop trying to escape your journey that you are designed to be in. It is there to remind you that you are made for more than just sitting around and trying to numb yourself from your true desires so that you can coast through life without obstacles or difficulties. That's not what you were designed for. You are designed for more and discontentment wants to remind you of that. When we want to feel content in life and we believe that in order to do so, that we have to not want anything more in life. When we want to feel content, and we believe that this means that we need to crush and rid ourselves of discontentment, what this means is that we are resisting discontentment. And when we do this, we suffer. We suffer from self-rejection as we choose to forget who we are. We choose to not remember who we are and our unconditional worth. And we reject our true desires that we are here to create more of those sensitivities, those desires, those values in life to remind us and to remind everyone around us of who we are and to let go of judgment and conditions. And what we do when we believe that in order to feel content, we have to battle discontentment is that we reject ourselves by not allowing ourselves to have our full emotional experience and to know all parts of us and to fully see ourselves. And we're rejecting being able to show ourselves about our journey and what we are here to do. This is self-rejection, and it is the most destructive thing that we can do in our lives, and we are all being taught to do it over and over again, my friends. Pay attention if you notice this in your life. Don't ignore it. It is the most important thing to lean into and notice. We are human. We are designed to experience this life through contrast, not to try and get rid of it. We are beings having a human experience and on a journey of remembering who we are through the human experience of contrast. We suffer when we keep ourselves from remembering. We suffer when we resist parts of that human experience because we are designed to fully experience that human experience because that is how we are designed to remember who we are through this experience. And this means we are designed to feel all emotions, not just the categories that we label as positive. We are taught to experience even the ones that we are taught to label as bad. Or not we're taught to, but we are here to experience those emotions. Even the ones that we're taught to label as bad, wrong, or negative, whatever word you might want to use. No emotion is negative until you choose to have a relationship with it with thoughts that label it as negative. Emotions are a spotlight. They're a signal to lean in, pay attention, 
so that we know what it is that we want to do next based on our true desires. Emotions. E-motion. They are literally energy that is designed to cause us to feel in our bodies in a way that creates motion. Energy in motion. E-motion. If we do not lean in and listen to them, if we resist them, then the actions that we take are not in alignment with our true desires and are not a response to the message of those emotions. Instead, what we do is we take actions that are in resistance and in reaction to those emotions, and that comes from a place of self-rejection and suffering. Discontentment is one of the many indicators and tools that we have in this journey of life that is there to remind us to keep our eyes open to a constant awakening that we are here for. It is an indicator to remember who we are and to continue to step forward in this life with curiosity to grow and expand and to seek the truth of who we are for as long as we are breathing and in this life. The journey does not reach an end point in this life. It's not supposed to. Stop believing the lie that your goal in life is to reach an end point and coast through the rest of your life. This is not what this life is for. And discontentment is here to remind you of that. That until you draw your last breath, you are a badass human who is here to unstoppably and powerfully create, grow, and expand with joy and abundance and empowerment. And if it feels like you're trying, that you're trudging, that you're, you're in this journey, but you're just like so miserable, then more than likely it's time for you to start working with a coach and lean in and figure out where it is that you've bought into some of the lies, some of the beliefs that aren't truly yours, and you're chasing after something that isn't your purpose because you think that it should be your purpose. Because when we are on that mission in life, we are doing what we are unstoppably here to do, we feel joy and abundance and empowerment until we draw that last breath. And we are wanting and excited to grow and expand. Discontentment is not your enemy. I know you've been taught to avoid it and resist it. The one thing that I want you to take today from this episode is that that is not true. And I want to offer you this, this pattern disrupt here. The next time you notice discontent in your life, I want you to notice how you want to immediately move into a dismissive, resistant attitude towards it. And what I want you to do is just notice that desire and instead do this. I want you to name it. I want you to acknowledge it. Because it is there as your friend. Instead of being like, oh God, no, I'm I'm feeling discontent again. Oh, I want you to say, there's discontent in my life right now. This is good. This is exciting. There is discontentment within me right now. And this discontent wants to show me something important about what I'm doing in my life. And I'm excited to learn. I want you to say that instead to yourself or something similar to that. I want you to name it and acknowledge it. You are feeling discontent and that is effing beautiful, my friend. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't run away from it. Feel the desire to do so. That's okay that that's there. It's not that you're wrong or bad or broken because you have the desire to escape it. That's not bad. We can allow that desire to be there. We see it. We leave it right here. We let it be present. Let it sit on the couch in your house, that desire to run. Let it have its time on the couch. And you look at the discontentment with excitement. 
there is discontentment in my life right now, which means that there's something that I'm here to learn and I'm excited. And then I want you to ask that discontentment questions. Questions like, where am I designed to be growing, but I'm letting fear stop me? Where am I afraid to grow? Where am I playing small in my life, but I know that I'm actually made for more? Where have I let my values, my sensitivities, my priorities in life, my true desires, where have I let those slip down on my priority list in favor of immediate gratification and the desire to seek constant comfort? Where am I judging myself as not worthy enough, not strong enough, not important enough, not valuable enough in this life to go after something that I know that I'm actually designed to go after? Where am I afraid of experiencing judgment if I grow or if I go after more? Where in my life have I attached my worth, my identity, and my value as a human to a container, to a thing, to a label, or a passion that is keeping me boxed in from taking my life where I truly want to take it? Ask these questions. These questions will lead you to the path that discontentment is there to lead you to. Ask these questions and answer them honestly. And my friends, I would recommend carving out time to do this and journal these questions and the answers to them. If you notice discontent in your life, follow this pattern disrupt. Name it, acknowledge it, be proud that discontentment has showed up in your life because you're here to learn something awesome. And then I want you to ask it these questions, write down your answers It is something so important to pay attention to. And I promise you these answers are going to blow your mind. And then it's time to plan. It's time to start taking action towards building that true desire that you've been avoiding. It's time to look at that future image. To do that internal reflection, creating that that internal image of, of your future self. After you've already taken the action and completed the actions. And work back from there to where you are today. And then find the step that you can take today. What is the step that you would do today that would move you on the path towards that future image? And then you know what you do? You take that step. And you keep doing that every day. Work backwards from that future image. Find where you are and take that step. So, my friends, discontentment. Lean in. Grow with it. Let it remind you of all of the things that you have in your life now that you built to be grateful of. And let those things be a reminder of what you are capable of when you choose to step forward and grow. And then step out of complacency. Step out of comfort. Step into the fear. Step out of the numbing cycles and the stagnation. And I want you to step forward toward the future that you are designed to expand in. All right, my friends. Discontentment is your friend. It loves you. It does. It doesn't hate you. It's not here to make your life miserable. Lean in. I love you all. I wish you all an amazing end of the week. 
and into next week. I wish you all the most growth-stimulating discontentment. I wish you the most gratitude-stimulating discontentment. And I, I am so excited to hear about the journey that that takes you on. So until we meet again here next week, ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at SethLusk underscore coaching. Again, that is SethLusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.